This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. SEAL Team 5 is en route. You understand that? Yes, sir. Nimitz Air Group is our backup. You understand that? Yes, sir. Now, since your ass is on the line, sailor, I authorize you right now to do whatever you can to aid in the arrival of the SEAL Team. Because if I goddamn can't control you, I might as well support you. Correct? That's affirmative, sir. You uh, you have some good luck there, sailor. I'm out. They got a lot of trouble on that ship. Welcome to the party, pal! Action Movie Reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Ryback's file wasn't in personnel. It was in the captain's private cabinet. Ryback is an ex-seal. Guard it down, cooks a seal? Shut up and listen. Expert in martial arts... Explosives, weapons and tactics, Silver Star, Navy Cross, Purple Heart with Cluster, and security clearance revoked after Panama. That means he couldn't hold any rating except that of a yeoman or a cook. So who are you? Are you, you like some special forces guy or something? I'm just a cook. A cook? Just a lowly, lowly cook. Oh my God, we're going to die. Oh my Glorious. goodness. Welcome in to Action Movie Rewind. Every Friday here, we do deep dives, way too deep dives into some of the most prominent action movies in American cinematic history. We've got over 50 of these under our belt. You can just go back and find them every Friday episode of Maggie and Judd's movie review franchise, which also includes some dives into sports movies, rom coms. And uh, I think we have. Judd's favorite action movie actor is Steven Seagal. And we may have, and we'll determine this at the end, we may have reached the pinnacle here of Steven Seagal's box office career (laughs) and uh, thespian career (laughs) under Siege, 1992. Are you ready for this, Judd? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Are you I am so ready ready for this. I, I want this. Just a so uh, Under Siege is brought to us today by our friends at Dennis Kirk. All right. If you are looking to ride off away from danger or if you're just looking to ride because it's nice out. Seagal, definite Dennis Kirk guy, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That dude will hop on a, on a bike. A, he'd be on a bike in a second. Don't know if he rides a Harley, Indian, Metro Cruiser, sport bike, whatever he needs. Huh? He can find it at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets if you need some more. I don't know, it's just some more biker gear. Steven Seagal can find it at DennisKirk.com. If he orders by 8 p.m., they'll ship the same day, and shipping is free 
for orders over $89. When the open road calls, head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. All right, 1993, 1992, under siege. Here's the summary. A heroic loner takes on a group of nuclear terrorists in this seagoing tale. Posing as a rock band, the terrorists think about that for a second. Yeah. Posing as a rock oh, band. I'll, I'll get to it. The, we'll get to it. The terrorists get themselves <laughs> hired for a party aboard the USS Missouri, a battleship en route to Pearl Harbor for decommissioning. They plan to steal the ship's nuclear arsenal, but haven't reckoned uh, on the intervention of the ship's chef, a decorated former Navy SEAL, Steven Seagal. <laughs> 79% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus says a well-directed action thriller that makes the most of its confining setting. Under Siege marks a high point for early 90s action, and it stars spotty filmography, meaning Steven Seagal's spotty filmography. Throw that out the window for this movie. Thirty-five million they? dollar budget. $35 million budget turned into $157 million at the box office. Steven Seagal, Tommy Lee Jones, Gary Busey, and some other people that you've recognized from movies in the 90s. We'll start with Judd. What was your key takeaway from Under Siege? So I, as I watched this film, I realized I had I had seen small parts, bits and pieces. But unlike most of my Seagal catalog, I had never seen this entire film. Likewise, I've never seen this movie. So here's my takeaway. Ordinarily, I love Seagal because he's so bad. Like, what makes him special is he's so bad, he can't act. I mean, come here a second. But he's going to whisper but he's good, yeah. fashion. You're going, yeah. you're going to hell along with your brother. So anyway, ordinarily, I love Seagal because it's so bad. This was actually good. This film was not bad. I mean, come on. Tommy Lee like Jones, like first class. <laughs> Gary Busey, nobody is a better psycho in life or in film than Busey. This film was chock full of people who were bad guys who could act. Seagal, meanwhile, was relegated to the starring role, but without too much dialogue. So it actually worked because ordinarily, like, it's all Seagal. You know, he drives around hunting people down and it's nothing and it's hilarious. But of course, it's terrible. But I love that. This film was absolutely good. I'm sorry. But for an action film, it was actually good. And and somebody finally got and this might have been the last one because he was such a pain in the ass to work with that somebody got Seagal right and they like wrote an okay role. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I enjoyed the kills. I enjoyed the bad guys. Um, there was plenty of things that were non plausible. I get that, but for a Seagal film, <laughs> this this one this one worked for me. As a real film, not just a complete spoof. It was sort of a spoof, wow. but not a complete spoof. I mean, Hard to Kill, which I love, is an absolute Seagal tour de force, right? But it's all yeah. Seagal. But it's just yeah. all. And it's so preposterous and silly. I actually enjoyed this one. Yeah, there's a there's more of a plot. There's other stars. I feel like sometimes he doesn't play well with other stars in movies. There's also a production note we'll get to later where... He had a major issue with one of the major storylines in this movie. I, I read that this they one. had to sort of they had to sort Hilarious. of talk him off of a ledge. Hilarious. Um, my main takeaway from this movie is that it is Die Hard on a boat. Yeah, sure. There yeah, was like Die Hard launched a string of like I like it. Die Hard on a plane. <laughs> Die Hard, you know, 
there's a bunch of different diehard type premises. You've got terrorists that sort of surprisingly overtake a structure of some kind, whether mm-hmm. it's a building or, in this case, a boat. And then there's the rogue hero that uh, has some sort of, like, what he's doing to start the movie has nothing to do with his skill set, but he's forced to take his skill set and save the day against a group of terrorists. And uh, that's that's what this was to me. This was diehard on a boat. You had evil conniving villain guy or guys with their posse of dangerous armed men. And it's up to one singular hero in touch with authorities outside of the structure to save the day. And that's what he did. Die hard on a boat is what we just watched in under siege. I like it. Dex. This is one of the most least believable things I have ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) You're telling me that a band a band. Now, some of them former and disgruntled military people, but a, a six-person band takes over one of the most decorated U.S. naval ships in history. In well, history, they had a, but they had, in, they had a few rogue. Sure. Yeah, they had inside like, help. The beauty of help is month. huge. They're performing yeah. a concert. There's what five people in the band, and there's hundreds, right? Hundreds of sailors in this in this, I thought this ballroom. This, this is yeah. I thought that I, I, but the I, helico- I thought it was. The copter it had a way, bunch of was, guys it was, on it. Was, it was way too easy. I felt like there sh- it should have been more of a 50-50 battle, not just like – although I guess they did get locked in that compartment. Yeah, and they stairs. brought in yeah. – so so the copter that flew in with a band had a, a bunch more people who were like waiters and help staff on it. So there was actually – I think Seagal said there were, what, 20 people? And then Busey was on the inside, and and they implied that more people were as well. So it was actually supposed to be like, you know, 25 people. And then they shepherded, like Phil just said, the crew into the bottom of the boat. There's just zero chance a band takes over all that naval shit. (laughs) It's not just the band. I mean, Guns N' Roses was pretty pretty powerful. But it's also the crew that came with them. And Busey then was, was on the... In inside, and then he kills the right. attending guy, which is fantastic. Listen, I will say, like, I understand, I understand what both you guys are saying here, and I. And one of my notes was to Declan's main takeaway: Wouldn't the mercenaries be severely outnumbered on this boat, even with a few rogue? Like, let's say they had twenty or twenty-five rogue people. I mean, wouldn't they still be outnumbered? So that I, I did Lee have the Jones, same question. Man. It just Ta- it seems Tommy very Lee, easy. Top flight, man. Top flight. <laughs> Very easy for them to overtake this. Hilarious. All right, Joe, what was your what was your favorite part about Under Siege? So in my notes, I've got this written down verbatim. Seagal got a Seagal. And Declan played this. But my favorite part is actually the scene that Dex played when his character, Rybeck, is shooting and talking to the command center <laughs> all at the same time. And, and his female help puts... The headset on him. So he's like literally taking commands and talking back to them while shooting a machine gun. That's yeah. Seagal Seagal. I guarantee you he he's like, I, I got to have a scene like that in this film. There's I love how he also he does the thing. And I think Schwarzenegger did this in True Lies, too. And I don't know if this is like I've never really shot a gun before, let alone like an Uzi or a machine gun or anything where the hero will be walking down either running down a hallway or in true lies, like running out on a dock area where there's enemies on both sides and they've got guns in each hand and they cross their arms and shoot across their body to the other side. Classic Seagal did this for, it was half the movie was just Seagal with two guns (laughs) 
running up and down the boat, just blazing both sides with his arms And crossed. not being hit himself by any gunfire. When I say automatic, yeah. that means it goes. When I say semi-automatic, that means one bullet at a time. Can you do that? You're, it's it's unbelievable. Semi-automatic. Yeah, this, this was like peak Seagal. Like just to add to Judd's point, one of the notes I wrote down was just the gap between how cocky his characters always are in every moment. Like he could be talking with politicians or hardened criminals, or he could be talking to superiors in some sort of like police force or military rank. Right. And he always talks as if he knows something. I know when you're going to die. Like he talks to the other person as if he knows when and how they're going to die all the time. The gap between how cocky and arrogant his characters are and and where he's actually at as an actor is astonishingly a wide gap. Yes. Um, but he's just, man, that's how he is in every movie. And it's just clear, though, <laughs> that, that in each film he demands X amount of scenes in which he's allowed to go full Seagal. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you think, like, the, the very beginning of this movie where he's a, he's a chef, right? Like, we... No, he's a cook. We, just, oh, a we, cook. We, just a lowly cook. A cook. He's a cook. We know him as a cook. And Busey comes in and spits Busey's in great. the soup or whatever he was making... And so Busey is this high-ranking commander, and he's talking to his cook. Now, now Busey, at the time, we found out later, didn't know that Seagal was a Navy, like a former Navy SEAL. Correct. So wouldn't he think in that moment, why is my cook showing this much, like, aggressive lip toward me? Like, why is my cook just, like, lashing back verbally? He's the cook. What what makes him so able to be this arrogant and cocky? Wouldn't you think like, oh, maybe he's just, and you either think like he's nuts and he's just like a, a high maintenance cook, or you think, okay, there's something about this guy's background that makes him cocky enough to talk to me this way, right? I don't know. But he couldn't the find the file. I I would love I would love to hear stories from behind the scenes of this film as well about the actual onset relationship of Seagal. And Busey, wouldn't you guys? Oh my god! Because I mean, I mean this is the th- this might be the only film that Seagal actually was partnered with an actor who was crazier than him. <laughs> I mean, Busey's nuts. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, my, I guess my favorite thing. So Judd just gave his. My favorite thing is Tommy Lee Jones. I love. I'm just gonna say '90s Tommy Lee Jones is my favorite thing. Just like look at the the versatility of the different movies that this dude was in. He started doing movies in like the early seventies, but he really hit his stride. Under Siege, The Fugitive came out the next year. Uh, blown away, Batman Forever. He played Harvey oh, Dent slash Two Face. So good in that. He's a great actor. And then Men in Black in nineteen ninety seven, followed mm-hmm. by U.S. Marshals in nineteen ninety eight, and then Double Jeopardy. In 1999, uh, and a bunch of other things, but like that run of movies, he's excellent in all of them. He plays a lot of he plays wacky, crazy terrorist guy. <laughs> he plays a Batman comic book villain, and then he and then he plays some sort of variation of like the detective Tommy Lee Jones in a bunch of these movies too. So, my favorite thing was just 90s Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Declan, uh, I I do love the cast. Look, Gary Busey's nuts. Uh, I love me some Gary Busey. He's insane, and I know, well, it was the it was the car crash right where he had all the plastic surgery done right where he had the famous infamous car crash motorcycle where, accident, motorcycle right? accident yeah. where yes. he basically had it built a new face on him. And you can tell that it's not a normal looking face. Um, but I love the cast in this movie. 
Uh, and also just the fact that we have a cook. He's a cook. Oh, and no. the movie poster is Seagal behind the USS Missouri in like a full, like his Navy SEAL guard. But throughout the film, he's wearing a wife beater carrying around a gun. Yeah. He's never dressed up. So like I and, and he's this disgruntled Navy SEAL. So he had to like sell that part on there. And I think it's absolutely hilarious that in the movie poster, he's supposed to be looking like this very decorated. Which I guarantee seal. he demanded. 100%. I guarantee right? you he's like, I have to be in uniform in the poster. But yet he's look, he looks like any cook at Applebee's and he's taking down an entire band that has infiltrated a ship. Uh, I would say that's my favorite part. It's my favorite part. The Tommy Lee Jones part where, where he is playing with the band early on before we're, we're Made aware of the fact he's a terrorist. And he basically asks, who's the highest ranking officer here? And they got, you know, stand up, clear away so we can see him. And then he shoots him. Is great Tommy Lee Jones. It is. It really is. Like, you knew he was going to blow him away, but you're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. All right. Your least favorite part about Under Siege, Judd. Um, Well, this is hard for me because, I mean, I now am a huge fan of this film. Uh, The end, though. The end. So the celebration is, is like... Again, I love every one of these films. There's carnage and your friends have been killed. You know, guys that you respected are dead. People have been uh, killed left and right. Like, this is a huge deal. And the end of these films, every one of them is, you know, hey, yeah, it's over now. Let's go to the bar and drink. Right. And then and then <laughs> at the end where, where Seagal's character, Casey, grabs Jordan Tate and just starts making out with her. Yep. Yeah. Like like there had been yeah. no alluded allusion to the fact that there was a relationship there that wasn't basically father and daughter. Like he saved her, I get that. But then he just grabs her and like sticks his tongue down her throat. Super weird. It's like that is he, so and uncomfortable. And like literally do uncomfortable. It, yeah, and he doesn't do it in a way that's like, hey, I'm I'm really into you, the woman. Like, I want to kiss you. It was like, I'm going to show off to my buddies, yes. my army, my my Navy buddies or whatever, right? Well, and I again, I would love to know the backstory on that kiss because I bet in real life it looked uncomfortable. I bet because it, it's so Seagal, right? Yeah. She'll, she'll want me to make out with her, right? She's been Ugh. thinking about this. I bet she's like, weeks. get away from me, you creep. <laughs> Uh, my, I think my least favorite part too was just that whole dynamic between Seagal and the gal, and like God, she dude. just so they 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 brought a stripper onto this boat, so she's like the only woman basically on the boat. And then there's one scene where she bursts out of the cake, and she's just like stripping topless in an empty yep. room, and he walks in. Yep, makes no. Why sense. was she doing that? Makes no sense. Why was she, she thought the that? party was going on, and and she was supposed to start dancing. When she heard the boombox go, and so that's why she starts to dance. But I guess she missed the, the fact that there were that there was um, gunfire all around her, basically yeah, at one point. And once you once you just yeah you you'd hear gunfire, and then once you just hear that there's no one talking. But she claims no she passed out though from the pills that she got for being seasick or airsick as well. Sure, I don't yes. know. They they tried to cover up a bunch of stuff, but. Who knows? So did you? So she passed out inside the cake. Yes, that's what she was saying. <laughs> okay. So, so a guy gave her. So she, she was airsick and seasick. So the guy gave her all these pills, which she takes in the bathroom. And then the next time you see her, she's coming out out of the cake. So I guess the assumption is she passed out in the cake. Actually, I want to. I I I, I want to go back to favorite part of this movie because I have another thing too that <laughs> you know we. 
some of these movies have, you know, ridiculous killing scenes and some of them don't have enough killing scenes. I just want to highlight three amazing Seagal killing scenes in this movie. Yes. Okay. Number one, he walks into that, uh, that area where there are just like six or seven enemies or mercenaries and he walks in with a knife. And he kills like six or seven guys with a knife and his bare hands oh, all great. in succession. That, that is a pretty great he, scene. He slashed one guy's like groin. Uh, he stabbed a guy in the neck. Like he just he just walks in there with a knife. He's amazing with a knife in this movie. Yes. He's a chef. The, cook. the second amazing Steven Seagal kill scene where he literally rips that guy's throat out. Yes. Oh, my end. God. Yeah, that's fantastic. He grabs the guy by the throat and then just like. Now, the special effects were terrible, but he just, like, rips a chunk out of the guy's throat, yep. and the guy goes and dies. And then at the very end, he rips out Tommy Lee Jones' eye and then stabs him in the top of the head yep. and kills him. I mean, those are just incredible kill scenes. It's a little bit like the pool cue scene in, yeah. um, was it Hard to Kill? Hard to kill. Or, I can't remember which one, right? Yeah. A lot of just, a lot of just my wife. gory. F you and die. <laughs> So those were three just amazing Steven Seagal kill scenes from this movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Dex? Uh, all right, I think we're back to Declan's least favorite part here. Yeah. I mean. Tommy just, Lee Jones is a singer. I didn't like him. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get into this movie after they took it over. I, had a, I, had a, I, just, I didn't like the plot. I, I, did, I did not. I enjoyed the kills. I love the kills, like you said. But I, I had a hard time just being engaged in this film. I, was, I it just, cause it, was it because it was it like the sometimes – you know, if, if everything takes place on like a submarine or something, right? I don't know, like U five seven one, right? It's just like it's just a lot of yeah. It's like if it's in one setting, it's really hard sometimes to be fully engaged. Yeah, but my my least favorite, I, I I think so, and yeah, because I guess it's just they, they spend the entire thing on there, and then you know the only other cuts right are are to the military base who is trying to communicate with them. Um, it's just it, it was it was it was not my movie. I, I love Seagal, and we'll do our rankings, obviously. But I, I, had, a, I had a hard time really? being engaged in this film. I really did. And I was looking at the first 30 minutes. Honestly, I liked it. If it hadn't been Busey and, and Tommy Lee Jones, I might agree. But that cast was so good. helped. That cast, cast was so good around him. The cast definitely helped helped the situation for sure. It, it, kept, me, it kept me there. But at the same time, I had a real tough time keeping engaged in this film. Man, Busey had a fun run there, too. So oh, yeah. Busey, oh, God. Yeah. he did a bunch of movies in the 70s and 80s, but Lethal Weapon in 87, Predator 2 in 1990, Point Break in 1991. Where he's fantastic. Under Siege, The Firm in 1993, Rookie of the Year, where he plays Chet Stedman, the old veteran pitcher oh, yeah. in 1993. Um, he was also in Black Sheep in 96. Great. He actually really hasn't done anything in the last 20, 25 years. But I he wonder is still why. Alive. Yeah, he is yeah, still he's alive. He's 76 on. years old. Hanging on by Busey. a thread, I'm sure. What's his, uh, when, when did he get into the accident? What's the story with the accident? Motorcycle accident, I think in, what, 90s? I'm pulling it up right now. Um, or 80s. Yeah, because he was acting in the 60s is when he got, when he really got, Rose up to prominence, and he's he's in Stars Born and eighty eight. Yeah, okay. so in nineteen eighty, he was severely okay. injured in a motorcycle accident, which uh, he was not wearing a helmet. His skull was fractured, and he suffered permanent brain damage. Um, Kept acting, and so yeah, so late, and that's why he looks even like before the yeah, he was odd looking. He, he looked menacing. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, Jeb, what was the least believable thing about Under Siege for you? Trying to decide. I have two things. Um, I'll go with this one. My general least believable thing. So there's this this group of people that are fighting the bad guys. There's the bad guys. So there there's the the sailors who are basically taken hostage and they're locked in a room. So they're out. They're out of this thing. And I get that. But then there's the Seagal cast, which includes the people that he frees who are doing the Morse code, who are his buddies from, I think, the kitchen. And then there's this large group battalion of bad guys. Nobody can find each other. So, like, they're operating. I mean, they're on a ship. It's confined. And and yeah. unlike Die Hard, it's not a skyscraper. Like, it's a ship. There's only X amount of room here. But yet they, but so like if if you are Tommy Lee Jones and Busey, wouldn't you have, wouldn't you have gone and found them at some point in time? And they try to go to the kitchen to find them. And that's where Busey tells uh, Jones character, send more men. And he like sends three guys and they all get killed. But after that, it's like a game of cat and mouse. They're like chasing each other the whole time. Which to me, it's like, oh no, it, it's a ship. You can go find the people that you want dead and confront them, as opposed to the entire film being like, okay, we're going here and they're going there. That was, I think, the, the, weird the other lesson to be learned here, too, is, you know, when has in any of these movies, and here's another one to The Rock, right? Uh, that would be Die Hard on an Island. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Die hard right. at a former prison. You're exactly right. You know, when has the mercenary thing ever worked? All right, we're going to get a bunch of rogue, former, angry soldiers together, and we're going to demand either money or we're going to blow up Honolulu or whatever it is, right? Like, yes. when has that ever worked for a group of mercenaries? I, th- I just think some of these people need to be smarter going in. You know, think about your families, your future. But at least Jones, like, dies. The, the Rock really, really let me down because the guy wimped out at the end yeah yeah he wouldn't he wouldn't uh ed harris right yeah, yeah. he wouldn't yeah he wouldn't blow up san francisco but i mean that, that was yeah. awful it's like so th- what was the point if i was one of those mercenaries in this movie where i would start to get a, like so they they all celebrate taking over the boat right <laughs> here we go we got him right and then the minute something goes wrong because you're going to get resistance now you've pissed off the entire united states yes. uh, military force yes and there are still like several dozen or a couple hundred active soldiers and Navy members that are sitting down ready to like mount a comeback of some kind. So you can expect some adversity in your path to do whatever you're going to do. And the minute adversity shows up, right? Oh man, someone's trying to fight back at us or, oh man, they're sending a fleet of Navy SEALs in a helicopter, right? Like Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey freak out. And get unstable and mad. And I get it because they're psychopaths. But if I was one of the mercenaries, yeah. I'd look over at those leaders and be like, I don't know. I'd rather have someone with a little bit of a calmer, steadier hand right. uh, that doesn't freak out at the first sign of adversity. We should just make a list of like, listen, if you're going to if you're going to be a mercenary well, have a plan. <laughs> and turn on your country, here are the 10 different things that you should be mindful of. Yeah, things are going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, plan plan for it. It's Bobby Knight's book, The Power of Negative Thinking. Yep. Just expect bad things expect to happen. Exactly right. That's my book. And deal with them as they come out. Um, all right. Uh, least believable thing. Judd gave his. Mine was the. I brought up the Navy SEAL thing. The fact that you had fifteen Navy SEALs on a helicopter headed to save the day, and they just got shot down out of the sky with right. no. Is, is this the most incompetent Navy SEAL group ever? Correct. Like. 
a group of mercenaries, and you know that this has happened. Like, right. there's no ambiguity about what's happening. A right. group of mercenaries has taken over a <laughs> naval ship with nuclear weapons on it and other missiles and rockets, and you just barrel in with a big helicopter, just like in plain sight. There's no other way for you to access that boat, and they just get blown out of the sky. So the, I would say the most, just the most incompetent Navy SEAL team ever walks right into missiles was yeah. my least believable thing. I, I'm, I'm with you there too on the whole military thing. It just it didn't make that part just did not make any sense. And then you know, like I, I do like some of the history buffs, you know, hist- like a little bit of U.S. history buff. Like the USS Missouri is like one of the most decorated, if not maybe the most decorated U.S. ship in naval history. It's at Pearl Harbor. It was the site of the Japanese. Um, truce in the end of World War II. Like, Japanese people boarded the U.S. Missouri and they they signed the truce on, in the USS Missouri. It's a very decorated ship. So the fact that this movie, and I think it's kind of a ballsy play, like, made it that they was taken over by terrorists. Like, I, I don't know. It just, it, it it's not believable to me. It's, it's, it's just 100% not believable that they were able to do this. And especially a band, even though it's disgruntled military people, a band takes over this amazing ship. I, it, it blows my mind. I'm, now I'm frozen. And now I'm frozen. Love it. In a great pose, um, too. Yeah, the, the band thing is... Uh, I, I always find it interesting when <clears throat> when whoever wrote the movie or however it was you know, molded, when they just have a lazy entry point for the thing that's going to happen the rest of the movie. And, yeah. And the band... Uh, let's just get, we'll just get a band here. That, the, band is, the band is the front that Busey sells to his boss, right? To, to be, be like... It's your birthday. We're going to have a big celebration and bring in a band. Wouldn't they be vetted or were they getting – maybe they weren't vetted, which I would think is a major security violation even pre They brought in a stripper. Yeah, they literally brought in a stripper. Well, that, a stripper. That, that part doesn't surprise me. They brought in a stripper. I don't think that part's too surprising. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I got a bunch of production notes here for you guys if you want them mm-hmm. from the internet. So production notes. So Warner wanted Steven Seagal to star in the film when it was originally written, but he turned it down at first. Seagal later said he had problems with the role of a character, quote, who is at first a bimbo jumping out of a cake and then gets paired up with me. So he didn't want to be associated the rest of the movie with a bimbo stripper jumping out of the cake. Uh, But he said in revisions of the script, the role became a character who gradually reveals more intelligence. At the end, she's a Marine. It's the most. That's the most ridiculous thing. Did she go through any sort of scene? She's got the Marine outfit on. No, of course not. No, that's what makes her go through basic training or anything. She's just no. Well, she did on the ship. She helped (laughs) kill that one dude she shot. Yeah. Um one of the, I think this is one of the writers said, we're trying to make Seagal more mainstream, getting uh-huh. him out of the pure action genre and into an acting role. The writer later added, I'm trying to bring the budget within a reasonable range. The original script was almost irresponsible with things like battleships getting blown up. The way that it was, the original version of the movie would have cost a hundred plus million dollars <laughs> to make, and they cut it down into the 30 to 35 million dollar range. The original title of the movie was Dreadnought, uh, and that title did not test well with audiences. The marketing department wanted to give the film a three-word title like other Seagal films and came up with the title Last to Surrender, but the writers and Seagal both hated that title, and Seagal fought to have it changed. The film ended up with the title Under Siege. Wow, okay. Well, I'm glad Seagal had, had standards. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you got to have standards here. You got to have it a better name than that. That's a stupid name. Uh, I'll kill you. 
Any other additional thoughts from you guys before we get into the rankings here, the two ranking categories? I think I might have my new favorite Seagal line. And I mean, wow. there's a lot oh, to wow. choose from. Okay. But when he, is, when he has been put in the meat locker and the young, I don't know, yeah, uh, private or whatever, Marine yeah. is guarding him and he yells, and he keeps yelling, get my pies out of the oven. Get my pies out of the oven. <laughs> Might be my new favorite Seagal line. <laughs> doesn't his want them to burn. pies are going to burn. Oh, man, it's just, I just love his catalog. I love this man's catalog. It's just so much fun. Another hilarious action movie thing that happened. So when he was in that meat locker, there's nowhere to go, right? There's like a ventilation system. Yes. There's only so many places Tides. you can be yes. when you're in a meat locker. And this happens This happens in elevators. Like There's always a scene like this in an action movie where the villains will shoot up the door. Then they'll kick the door open. They'll shoot everything else up. It's like, A, how did that? How did the hero not die? But B, there's not that many places where this person could be, right? Like, right. Um, I think, was it Air Force One? I think it was Air Force One where he went through, like, the the air uh, the airplane bathroom or something and wound up downstairs or something. But it's always a always a good scene. Okay, definitive bad guy rankings here. Uh, so we're looking for three different criteria. Iconic, ruthless, and charismatic. The qualities of of these uh, bad guys. So what are, uh, what are we doing here? Is it... Is it Gary Busey and Tommy Lee Jones? Is that what we're doing for this? I, I would lean more Tommy Lee than Busey. Um, but, are, are, is it a tag Busey team? Was an ins- yeah, it's yeah. sort of it's sort of because it, it's an inside job. Sure. And Busey is ultimately the worst guy because he, he's supposed to be helping command the ship. Yeah, I think it's both of them. And I mean, I I think they were great, but I don't know that they're iconic. I mean, they're probably not so iconic. And I, it's like they're they're so not iconic in terms of their characters. I had I had to go back and look at the names of their characters. It was Stranix. Yeah, yeah, that's Busey's character, Stranix. right? Uh, yeah, it was. So no, where's uh, that Tommy Lee Jones character? It was Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, that's right. Okay, so Stranix, and then it was Commander Krill. That's what it was. Dollar Dollar Bill Krill. Krill. Yeah, Krill. <laughs> Before he was a hockey star. Um, but I mean, like, where, so where do they fit? It's tough because, and I'll give you the sort of the list of what we have right now, but the actors are iconic. And I think yeah. that gives them a that little helps. bit of, like, they're less than that. I mean, because it's Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey, they're not going to be last. They are ruthless. Yep. And I would say that they're both very charismatic in the movie, but they're not iconic. So they're not going to be, like, the top of our list is The Terminator, Hans Gruber yeah, no. from Die Hard, Michael Myers from Halloween, Predator from Predator, Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. It's kind of in that. I think he's more iconic, though, just because of the name, Cyrus the Virus. Yep. Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man, Brad Wesley from Roadhouse, Cobra Kai from Cry Okay, I, I would personally... What about, okay, Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon is on here. Okay. I would personally put them above Wesley. Okay. Brad Wesley... Like Wesley's probably too high on here. I, I we, got yeah, him, we got him above I, Cobra Kai. Yeah. I, we got okay. him above, it, we have him above Ivan Drago. Yeah. I loved him, but he's not iconic. Yeah. We're we're gonna we're actually gonna executive decision here. Gonna we're gonna Brad move Wesley. Brad Wesley wow. down four spots. He's got to be below Cobra Kai. He's got to be below Ivan Drago. I'm sorry. He's above He's a, just not, Ivan Drago. Yeah. Did I fight I for that? Yeah, I think he did. I like Brad Wesley a lot, but he's not above Drago. Yeah. Well, so we're gonna move him down. I would put them above Brad Wesley in the new rankings. 
Yeah, let's put him below how about below Ivan Drago. Yes. And above Brad Wesley. Ivan Dra- Drago is iconic. So I think there has to be a hard line there when you get where we are clearly past the iconic bad guys and yeah. we're the guys that were just good at being bad guys. Yep. So just so you know, the, the rest of the list, I'm not going to go through all 50 of these, but but just below Stranix and Commander Krill, we Number now have 26. Brad Wesley. <laughs> We've got the big one from San Andreas, which is <laughs> nature. We've got the Russian mobsters from John Wick. We've got Dennis Hopper from Speed, Bodie from Point Break. Because Bodie wasn't ruthless at all, really. He was no. almost like a sympathetic character. Yes. So, all right. Yeah, so he's sort of uh, Stranix and Commander Krill, sort of back end of the top ten, just yeah. mostly because of how uh, their act, the actors themselves are well-known. And they were really good at doing what they did, partially because Busey is crazy. Yep. I'm a nice. big fan. Okay, now, big fan. Now we get to the overall ranking for this movie, a 1 through 10 point system, and uh, we'll we'll take the average score between the three of us. So Terminator, Die Hard, and Halloween are the only three perfect scores we have given. Taken, John Wick, Commando, Predator, and Beverly Hills Cop, all a 9 or above. And then uh, we've got another handful or more of 8 and above. Terminator 2, Fast and the Furious, Expendables, Top Gun, Roadhouse, Hard to Kill. Mm-hmm. Rocky Four, Dirty Harry, Bad Boys, Independence Day, and Point Break are all an eight or above. And then there's like 25 or 30 more movies that are below that. So, all right, Jeb, we'll start with you, one through ten. I love this film. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but but I feel I have a good grip now on how to rank these films. So I'm not going to go over the top in my ranking, if that makes sense. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Oh wow! Because okay. I really enjoyed it, but it's not—it's not a ten. It doesn't belong um, near the top of this list. But I'm not going to um, downplay it too much. So seven point five for me. Dex, it's a four. It, it, Whoa, it's a four. Dude. I just—I I really had a heart. The, the actors keep kept me from not giving this a lower score because I do love the actors in this film. Um, it is Seagal. Uh, you got Busey. You have Tommy Lee Jones. I love those Florida guys. Coyle. Back to, okay, back to Busey. Busey fires and it goes away. Um, yeah, I, it, for me, it's a four. It is, it is a four out of ten. I'm sorry, Jet. Oh, that's fine. Um, uh, I didn't love it. I got I to be honest. It was fine. I think it's probably third in my Steven Seagal movie rankings. I, I thoroughly enjoy Hard to Kill more than this movie. Oh, Hard to well, Kill that, is my favorite that's Seagal the, Yeah. That, that's yeah. His, his shining moment is Hard to Kill. So it's a six for me. It's definitely not a train wreck. Nope. I'm not, but I'm I'm looking at some of the other movies we have here. Like, I can't I can't put it even out for justice is a six point seven. Con Air is a six. The Rock is a six. Mm-hmm. So, yep. me giving it a six puts it at a five point eight composite score. Pretty much right. It's more toward the bottom end, but um, but in the bottom half of all the action movies we have done. So the middle section looks like this for us: Karate Kid. Speed, True Lies, all a seven or above. Out for Justice, Armageddon, Con Air, The Rock, Under Siege, round out the next chunk. So it's kind of right in that mix. Not awful. Definitely would, you know, if it's on TV. Give me more Seagal. I want more Seagal. (laughs) So, all right, boys. So um, four movies. We can come to a decision here amongst us. We got four movies in our queue right now. Rocky Three, Snakes on a Plane, Face Off, and over the top, the arm wrestling truck driver movie with Sylvester Stallone. 
So um, any strong thoughts on which one we should do for next week? Mm-hmm. Rocky three, I think. Rocky three is full of fodder. Yeah. Full of fodder. I know and that would be bit, fun. Yeah. And they give you sort of, the, they give you a little backstory at the beginning so that, you know, you don't have to. I think I actually saw this one in the theater at the time too. So, yeah, so the backstory and Dex, have you seen the first two Rocky movies or no? I've seen four a bajillion times. Uh, I've seen Creed a few times. I've seen pieces of Rocky three, but I don't think I've seen start to finish Rocky yeah, three. I've seen okay. pieces of Rocky. It's three, time. Not so we got to do it. So, yeah, do so it. real quick, the, the, the lead up for Rocky one, Rocky two, Rocky one, he, he was just plucked at random to fight the world champion uh, as sort of a publicity stunt. And he almost beat him Apollo Creed. And then in Rocky two, Apollo Creed was so mad about almost getting beat and his ego was so fragile that he said, I want to fight him again and kick his ass. And Rocky won the title. So Rocky has gone from this down and out sort of bumbling, uh, just like weekend fighter guy to being the world heavyweight champion going into Rocky three and Rocky three is about his ascent into fame for the first time. Oh, yeah. And what happened? It's the eighties so, on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Yep. All right. So that's action movie rewind presented in part by our friends at federated mutual insurance company as well. So federated, is here for you business owners. If you're looking for some extra peace of mind, risk management tools, Federated will bring uh, the the resources that you need. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. That's a wrap on Mackie and Judd. Uh, be sure to watch Rocky Three between now and next Friday so you can participate with us here on Action Movie Rewind. And don't forget to download the new Score North app. It's brand new, major facelift, and uh, there's a feedback mechanism if you want to send us any sort of quick message or photo or video or whatever it is, uh, go check out the new app. We'll see you guys later.